Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network, as we're here for another 24 cast interview. And we're so lucky that we actually have a season one cast member to talk to today, as we've had a few of them on uh, over the last month or two. Today we get to talk to Karina Ariabe, who played Jamie Farrell in season one of 24. And if you've been listening to our 24 recaps, which started over the last couple weeks, uh, and you're watching along with those, you're already familiar with Karina, but I will say, if you've never watched season one before, then heads up, there will be spoilers in this, some very important things that happen to Jamie's character we get to talk to her about. The best stuff we get to talk about in this interview is some of the big plot twists that you get with Jamie's character throughout season one. And if you have seen season one before, or you watched it a long time ago, then no doubt you actually do remember some of those big things that happened to Jamie, which is why we're so excited to have her here today to talk about that, among other things how she got involved with 24, why she was excited to not have an accent for a change. Uh, And I will say, stay tuned all the way to the end of the interview, because as always with uh, any cast member we've had on here from 24, we do ask about any great Kiefer Sutherland stories. And uh, I will say this is probably my favorite Kiefer story you're going to get. So stay tuned all the way to the end for that. So here it is, 24, season one, cast member Karina Ariabi. We are thrilled to bring you another guest from season one of 24 uh, here in its 20th anniversary as we get to talk to an original cast member, an original prototype for a character that would appear in almost every single season. Uh, Today, we are absolutely thrilled to have Karina Aroyave, uh, who played Jamie Farrell in season one of 24. Karina, thanks so much for being here today. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's this is this is fun. <laughs> Thank you. It, it's been twenty years since twenty four launched. Uh, yeah. Now, does that does that register with you that you know no. twenty years ago this no. show broke ground? You were part of it. Never. <laughs> no, no. I mean the 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 twenty years part. I, it just doesn't. It it doesn't seem like it's been that long. So it mm-hmm. doesn't in my mind. I don't compute it. <laughs> Uh, what was it like, you know, getting the show? Because you were there from day one. I mean, we've talked yes. to uh, a couple of uh, cast members from season one. Yeah. And nobody seemed to really have an idea that the show was going to be what it was. I mean, how was it pitched to you when uh, you first signed on to this? This is true. Um, well, for me, I remember very clearly it was a last minute audition. Um, I got the call and it was like, uh, can you be, I think I had like two hours to get there. <laughs> they were like, can you be there? Your, your appointments at whatever, you know, whatever time. Uh, but I, it, it was the kind of thing where it was like, I got off the phone and I was like, I got to get ready to go to this, this audition. Um, and, uh, and so there's really no time to think about it, but I, I remember looking at the, at the material and, 
feeling like, you know, Jamie had a little bit of an attitude, you know, because the audition mm-hmm. scene was that that first scene where we where we see her, you know, come in from the club and, you know, and she's annoyed that she has to be there. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I was like, all right, so I've got to, I just kind of just listened to some music to put myself in that frame of mind and got in my car and just and just went it was like no time to think about it um but when i got to the audition um i remember that i was the only person there that looked like me everyone was like you know tall and blonde and uh i was like all right i'm not gonna get this but why don't why don't i go in there and have fun so um uh but anyway uh yeah so uh then about uh Gosh, I feel like a long time went by, and then they were like, "Oh, remember that uh, pilot you went in on? Yeah, they yeah they want you for that role, and uh, and they start tomorrow." It was like so fast, <laughs> and so yeah, there was. But when we were actually shooting and everything, um, yeah, no one was like, "Oh, this is going to be a hit." This is or but no one was like, "This is not going to be a hit." But we just didn't know that it would take off in the way that it did. How much of the concept was made aware to you? Uh, like, because you're going in, you're auditioning. I'm guessing at the time you're auditioning, it's just here's a scene. Yeah. Uh, when did you actually know this is going to be a real time show, and what was your reaction to that? Gosh, you know, it must have been. It must have. I don't remember exactly, but I I imagine that it must have been the night before that I got the script and it was like, here's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if that was because they were trying to keep everything very hush hush. I'm not sure what was going on behind the scenes uh, with that. But uh, I think it's the kind of thing where we got there and it was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. This has never been done before. Right. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We've talked to uh, a lot of people who are there for the, well, I guess I think you're the third one we've talked to from season one. Okay. And as far as what I can remember, there was maybe one movie that had tried this real-time format. It was a Johnny Depp movie called Nick of Time. Oh. Uh, but 24 as a TV show doing real-time, you know, how much of this did you have to keep conscious? You know, okay, so it's been an hour. Uh, how many episodes in did you start to think to yourself, you know, my character would probably start to get hungry at this point. You know, would get tired, would get impatient. You know, I feel like they were, uh, they meaning the the whole production team and, you know, the people behind the scenes were so on top of that for us that I don't think that we actually ever really, I I don't remember ever really worrying about it. Um, The only thing that that comes to mind is um, there was a big discussion about Jamie's hair. And uh, <laughs> that was the thing. It was like, I think she switches hairstyles from hour to hour to hour. Like she comes in <laughs> with, the, with the club hair. And then they were like, oh gosh, are we going to take her seriously? If we keep her in the club hair for the whole thing, you know? Um, and, uh, and so, and that's, so that's the only thing that comes to mind in terms of, you know, keeping the time, but they really did a great job in, uh, in terms of figuring all that out for us. Uh, we're going to get to a little bit later on, you know, the changes your character went through. Yeah. Uh, but just starting there on day one, what is made known to you about your character? Like, uh, is there a backstory that's provided? Like, she has a son, you know, whether or not that's going to come up later on. Nothing? Like, you just go in completely blind, play this character? Yes, absolutely. And I kind of thought, honestly, I kind of thought, well, 
I'm kind of in the background. I'm kind of just like, almost like, you know, playing the receptionist kind of thing. Um, and in the back of my mind, I, I kind of felt like, I don't know how this is going to sound like, but I kind of felt like I can do more than what I'm being, you know, presented with. I knew that I could. Mm -hmm. And so I guess I was secretly hoping for that. Like, like I, most of the work that I've done has been very emotional and, um, and so I just had this sense in the back of my mind, like, I want them to use me for something more because I, that's what I've done. You know, I've done, you know, like, you know, intense emotional stuff and, um, and, uh, but it, it, it wasn't until I read that, that script, the one where, um, I think it, it it's with when Terry calls the CTU and Jamie picks up and, and Terry gives her the information and Jamie's like, I guess I'll just erase that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no one's really, no one really needs to know about this, you know? And when I read that, I was like, Oh, what? Like, what? So that was the first time that I found out. And that was, you know, uh, gosh, I don't remember a week before we actually shot it. So I wasn't the backstory I found, let's just put it this way. I found, out a week before we started shooting whatever episode it was. So it came to, uh, as a shock to me as well. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, you've, you've done a lot of television movies and everything like that. And I'm guessing that there's probably occasions where a backstory is presented to you or you're allowed to sort of form your own backstory. When you go into a show like this, where they say, we're giving you nothing. Did yeah. you form any ideas in your head of, you know, whether, you know, it was ever going to make the show or not, just consciously in your head, how you want to play this character? Yes, I did. Um, I think the main thing for me uh, is be is that this was the first time, and I had already been working in in film and TV professionally about, gosh, at least eight years, and it was the first time that I didn't have to have an accent. And <laughs> really, yeah, yeah, and I was thrilled, and it was the first time that I could really focus on a character's intellect and a character's ability, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to approach her from that standpoint, you know, like she's mm -hmm. just really smart and she's just really good at what she does and she mm -hmm. loves what she does. Uh, and so, so that, that's, that's how I, I went about it. And it was such a, um, just, a, I, I, I was overjoyed. I couldn't believe it. I was like, you mean I'm not, you know, being well later I'm questioned by the <laughs> but I'm like, you mean I'm not a criminal? I didn't swallow drugs. I'm not a prostitute. I'm not I was like, wow, this is so cool. So that that was my approach. Yes. So you're breaking a mold in your own career and, and you're absolutely. creating a mold. Yeah, and I mean, that, that's that got to be like, okay, this is a first, you know, you have free reign, you can do what you want with this. I mean, it must have actually in that way kind of been liberating that you were given nothing to actually go on for this character. It really was. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I keep going back to the accent thing, but that was huge <laughs> because, you know, it, when you're doing every part with an accent, there's a little a tiny piece of your mind that's like, am I doing the accent right? You know what I mean? And this was like, mm -hmm. I don't got I was just talking like me, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it absolutely very, very liberating uh, in that way. And I, and because I could talk like myself and because I, um, 
you know, because I was kind of a bookworm growing up, you know, I was like the weird kid, like off in the corner reading. So it was good to be able to bring something like that to a character, which I'd never gotten the chance to do. Yeah. And, and early days of like heavy technology in television too. I mean, we'd seen so few of like these techie characters as well. I mean, did you even understand what your character was doing half the time? Like, was there any explanation? Okay. So you're tracking this satellite and you know, this cell phone, whatever, all over the place. There was an explanation. I remember about the whole thing with the key card. Uh, yeah, there was. Yeah, there were, you, you know, you probably remember better than I do. Um, <laughs> yeah. But there was the whole thing with the key card and the, the key card can do. And I, I think I remember being like, OK, you got to explain this key card thing to me. Like, what <laughs> is it exactly? And I, I do remember that I had someone like breaking it down. OK, like I don't remember what it was now, but it was like, yeah. And so they really broke it down. Um, and this 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 might sound like kind of absurd, but one of the. Uh, things that I wanted to make sure of was that uh, I I always feel like when you see people typing on screen, it's not very believable because you know what I mean? It's like, they're like, and then it's like, they're really just typing. No, I didn't. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) so it just doesn't match. And I remember just being like, I just want my typing to be believable. (laughs) I mean, I wanted my work to be believable too, but I was very conscious of like, making sure that it it was just believable and hopefully it was i don't know i had to go back and watch but yeah yeah you know we we've actually uh we've recapped i think the first half of the season at the time we're recording this so your story arc's over but now i want to go back and see it again because one of my biggest pet peeves is always in television whenever you have that techie person and they're just mashing away the keyboard and i just think of myself use a mouse like it's got to <laughs> save you a lot of time <laughs> yeah, did we you know what I d- did we have mice back then? I don't remember. I mean, I mean, I know we did in the world, but I'm just wondering if if we did at, in the actual CTU. I don't remember. How about that CTU set too? Because I mean, it is enormous when you see it on television. And I don't know, did they build it all as one giant set, and you you actually could move around? Yes, that whole thing is it's one long wide set and and you know mm-hmm. in the back was like uh you know Xander's office and uh mm-hmm. uh and then uh I remember Kiefer's office exactly where it was and then it really was it was so I remember there was there were times when like uh I would have to look up at Kiefer's office and you know what I mean like our Jack Jack Bauer's office and and you could actually do it and it was and it was just built exactly the way you wow. see it and it and it wasn't like you know, we'll do this part here and then we'll cut to this other stage where we've got this person's office. No, it was all one huge thing right there all together. You know, we mentioned before you were the prototype for what would become a typical 24 character. The traitor, let's call it that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the ally turned traitor. Yeah. And uh, you know, other seasons would do it the opposite way where you have what you think is the traitor turns out to be an ally and everything. Mm-hmm. But if, I mean, you broke ground on the show and that you were the original and several of the other actors we've talked to from future seasons, they had the ability to kind of guess when they were going in. Um, uh, we talked to uh, Joaquin de Almeida, who played the ma- one of the main villains in season three. Mm-hmm. And he said, I knew nothing about it. They just said, we want you for 24. And I sort of looked at the show and looked at all the other roles I played and figured they want me to play a villain. I mean, in your case, you said you found out what a week before that your character was going to turn out to be a villain. Um, now, can you just kind of walk us through reading that? And then how did your approach to the character change at that point? 
Well, even when I found out that she was hiding the information from um, from Terry, I still didn't really know if she was a villain or I didn't, because all I knew was that she just didn't want this information to get out. Now, it mm-hmm. it didn't look good for her, but I didn't know right. the extent of, you know, that she was working for Gaines. Yeah, I didn't, you know, that came later. So I yeah. didn't know the, just the extent. So yeah. I just went with whatever, you know, I just chewed whatever morsel I was given <laughs> at the time. Um, and, and, and the thing is that when you're, you know, playing a, a, a villain, you never want to think of the character in that way anyway. So, mm-hmm. uh, so as it went on, I was like, um, oh, a poor Jamie. Like, what did she get herself into? This poor girl. <laughs> Jesus. What did she, <laughs> Jamie, what did you do? Oh, Jamie. You know what I mean? It was kind of like, um, but the, I do remember there was a script change which i'm so glad about because ultimately it became about her needing the money that mm-hmm. gains was uh, offering you know for her son and she just felt that she didn't get paid enough there was a before that it was and then like i said they took this out um it was written that it was sort of racially motivated and she felt mm-hmm. it against as a latina and that that's why she did it. And um, I, I don't know. I just, that, I was like, oh, now we're going into this whole other area. And do right. we really want to go there? And I felt uncomfortable going there uh, because nothing like that had ever been brought up on the show. Uh, and so uh, they th- then they changed it. And I was like, oh, good. Thank God. I'm glad they got, they got <laughs> rid of that. Yeah. So, so there was the freedom, even in the first season, when things were so meticulously mapped out, where you could go to Joel Cerno or Robert Cochran and say, you know what, I don't think this works. Like, you, you were you know, able to approach them and give ideas? No, no, no. no. Oh, really? I just, I heard about that, and I was like, oh, God, uh, I, I, I don't want to do that. I hope they don't do that. And then they, and then they didn't do it. But it had nothing to do with me. Uh, they just oh, okay. changed their mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. So I lucky was, break then. Yeah, exactly. I was so like, whew. No, I was more of like, um, <laughs> you know, because uh, I, I was just, I'm not that type of actor that I'll go and I'll be like, oh, I don't think this works or whatever. Um, I, I don't mean like that type, like that's a bad thing. I think that's an actually mm-hmm. very brave thing. Um, but I just don't have that in me. <laughs> There's a part of me right. that's like, uh, hey, you're giving me work? Great. Whatever you need me to do, I'll do it. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm kind of like shire and like a little, you know, chicken like that. I, yeah, I didn't have to approach. They just, they just automatically, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. changed their mind about that, which was, which was really lucky for me. Now, you'd been involved in a lot of movies prior to that and everything, but I mean, another thing people don't really realize now when they look back, I mean, 24 was sort of the first of its kind in American television with let's bring a serialized format. I think Alias did the similar thing in the first season, but the two shows debuted at the same time. So when you sign on to a TV show like this, was it ever even in your head, you know what, I'm going to have to completely do a 180 on this character? Oh, you mean in terms of the character arc? Yeah, like you, I'm guessing you never saw that coming. I never so saw when that coming. So and when that does come up, like what goes through your head? You know, am I going to have to completely change how I'm playing this, how I deliver lines and all that? Yeah, yeah. Sort of like improv in a way, right? Yeah, yeah. That that actually did come up um, 
yet now I'm, I'm sort of motivated from a different place. And how mm-hmm. do I, how do I play that? Um, but again, I think I honestly just took it week to week, you know, sh- you know, uh, script to script, because like I said, it just kept getting worse and worse and worse what I would, mm-hmm. what I would find <laughs> out, you know? And so I was, so I just kind of approached it that way in very, you know, small chunks. Um, but I don't know that I, that I really, uh, you know, kind of was overwhelmed by having to change the character uh, or anything, because I, I think I just felt like, well, each, each scene, I'll just play the truth. And mm-hmm. if she's, and if she's trying to hide something in, in the scene, uh, she's just, she's just trying to hide something. And, you know, you know, uh, two episodes from now, I, I can find, I might find out, Hey, she was right all along. She wasn't lying all mm-hmm. along. You know what I mean? She, what <laughs> she, she was telling the truth, you know, you never know. So yeah. I just played it in the moment. Yeah. You would have one scene where I guess your, your fate's pretty much sealed, <laughs> which uh spoiler, if anybody doesn't know how this turns out, you know, Jamie, unfortunately dies during this season. Uh, now I'm guessing again, the news of that, that comes out. Like, do you know, I have this many episodes and then when it approaches that point, you're like, you know what? I haven't heard whether I'm going to be extended or not. Yeah. What happened was uh, I remember reading. um, I think that the part where, where she dies. And I remember going up to Sarah Clark and being like, I think I'm off the show. And I was so freaked (laughs) out and it was, Oh, my heart sank. I just felt horrible. And then I remember talking to um, Stephen Hopkins about it, who directed, you know, all the episodes in that in that first season. Well, no, he I th- he directed most of them, I believe. Um, yeah, yeah, large chunk. Yeah, a large chunk. And so, um, and I think Stephen was under the impression that I would that I would come back from that. And that, and he's, cause he was sort of like, oh no, he told me uh, they're just going to take me to the hospital and, uh, and, uh, and fix me right up and I'll be back. And, and, but I don't, I, I, I don't think he was lying. I think he really just thought like, we haven't thought that far ahead of what we're going to do with Jamie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. So it was a, it was a tough thing to find out. <laughs> yeah. Now, when you're playing that scene, the funny thing is, I mention it uh, once we do the recaps, when this season started, it's been, I would say, 10 or 15 years since I've rewatched season one. Mm-hmm. And the show starts and you appear on screen and I'm like, who's this character? I don't remember her. And then it took me about three seconds and I had a flash of you in that interrogation room and then, you know, the, the, the bitter end to your character. I was like, oh, Jamie, like, I can't believe I forgot that. Like, it is such a huge moment in the show and probably the first moment that was just like an absolute shock to the audience. Uh, wow. Do you remember anything about, uh, you know, filming that scene, like the intensity, like Carlos Bernard is, you know, really weak during that scene. You know, Sarah Clark's like very commanding. I mean, do you have any memories about just that scene, which really, I think it lasted for almost two weeks on the show. I do. I do. I remember that so well because, um, you know, later we find out again, spoilers later. Mm-hmm. We find out that, um, you know, Nina kills her. Right. Right. Um, but I had to play it as if, because at the time it was her suicide, it was Jamie's suicide. And so, uh, I just remember that's why when, when we start that scene and I've, I've seen that scene a lot only because it's on my demo reel. And every time I've mm-hmm. had to upgrade my demo reel, we've got to like, you know, watch the scene, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
so I think that when when we started shooting, I was like, I've got to be in such a vulnerable place. I've got to be mm-hmm. because I I just said to myself, I can't be too far away from that decision when we start the scene mm-hmm. because it's then it's too big of a leap, you know. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's you don't just go from I'm perfectly happy to I'm going to end it. So I had to be. I felt that I had to be very, very close to that from the beginning of the scene. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's how I, that's how I chose to play it. Um, but I think that, I think I only really remember sort of like the internal impact of that. And I think mm-hmm. I had, I had a, a strong personal choice for who Kyle was. So, and this, what caught me was my surprise is, I don't know if you remember this since it's, it's, it's been a while for you, but um when Car- Carlos brings up Kyle mm-hmm. and I have this very strong reaction of like, Oh, Kyle. And I just start weeping, Oh yeah, you know, that took me by surprise. I didn't know I was going to do that. And that's not in the script. It's not really? written. No, it's not written. It wasn't written that, uh, that Jamie breaks down when she hears Kyle, that's not written. That just from the personal choice that I made for Kyle, when I heard him say Kyle and I thought of like, it, that just happened. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it, 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 it worked for her state of mind. So that's really mostly what I remember about, about that scene, just that, that choice and that in, in what I was going through internally and, and the surprise of how that choice manifested in the, in the scene, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now, as you already said, you know, we find out later on, it's not a suicide. It's Nina. <laughs> it's going to set Nina on a completely different path for seasons two and three. Uh, but yeah. that's not revealed until the last episode. So uh, at the time when you filmed your last episode, you know, the, the suicide, quote unquote, suicide episode, was the additional scene where you sort of come back and that, that footage is shown. Was that filmed at the same time or did they actually bring you back at the end of the series to do that? I think they did bring me back for that. Yeah. Yeah, because they didn't know. It's a brief moment. It is a brief moment. Yeah, they did. I can't remember exactly when they brought me back, but yeah, they did. You know what? I just remembered this. I had forgotten about that. (laughs) Yes, we're breaking ground on the Oz Network now. (laughs) Totally forgotten about that. I went back and I did that day where, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was separately shot, yes. Wow. Yeah. And was that nice for you to know, to be able to find out, okay, we're bringing you back, you know, a completely different end to the character. I mean, at that point, were you a fan? Had you been following the show since you were off? Uh, You know, to be perfectly honest, I did not only because it was too painful. I was Mm -hmm. really, it was, it was very difficult for me to watch and know that I wasn't on it anymore. However, however, uh, and that wasn't like a, a resentment thing. It was just like, it just makes me too sad to see these people mm-hmm. and know that I'm not there anymore. However, once I was over that, I was like, okay, I, I think I'm over it. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. um, I went back and I watched everything. So, mm-hmm. because I, I, yeah. I, I, it's a great show and I, 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 I wanted to really support it and know the whole uh, journey of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the end of the season, and you're like, oh, they did it to Leslie Hope, too. <laughs> that <laughs> was shocking. Oh, yeah. I was like, but you know what? Then I was like, all right, I guess I don't feel so bad. <laughs> because, you know, yeah. Leslie is, you know, for uh, you just don't get better than that as an actor. And for her, for them to 
you know, doing that to Leslie, then you kind of go, okay, it's not personal. <laughs> it's not yeah. about ability. It's just that they have to do that. So the audience goes, oh, no, what's going to happen? I want to tune in and see. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, we we interviewed her uh, recently too, and she uh, she told us very similar what you're saying. You know, I found out at the last minute, and at first you're like, "Oh, this is devastating," but then when you see the finished product, she's like, "I can't even imagine where the show would have gone if they hadn't killed me off." You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I mean, you two get to share that distinction of being like the big shockers of that season. Uh, oh, I guess really? along with a couple other things, but yeah. yeah, those those are like the powerful moments to bookend the first uh, half and the second half oh. of the season. Okay. I, I let, she is just, she's just such a great lady. Like there's, she's just, I don't know. There's something, she's so human, you know, she's so, um, just acts as this, this vulnerability. It's wonderful. Anyway, go ahead. (laughs) But you, you know, you had the distinction, I think more than a lot of the other actors in season one of being able to play opposite almost everybody, you know, you were on set with Xander Berkeley and Keith Sutherland, Carlos Bernard, Sarah Clark, you know, uh, on and on and on. Eric Belfour. You know, you guys had a great dynamic, you and Eric Belfour as well. Eric was uh, great, But yeah. uh, uh, with, with that cast, I mean, w- with Leslie Hope, for example, I mean, you didn't actually share many scenes opposite her. Was it sort of just confined to, you know what, you have the CTU crew and you film there, and then do you even get to interact with the rest of the cast who, who aren't involved in the CTU stuff? Well, I... Because I remember interacting with Leslie, like, just like in the makeup trailer and, um, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of like different parts of set and uh and also um with um uh alicia uh mm-hmm. alicia cuthbert um yeah yeah um yeah because we would all just be i think just hanging around <laughs> so i did mm-hmm. get to interact with them even though i, I never worked uh, directly with them mm-hmm. which was fortunate uh, i guess a little bit more of a darker subject here but i mean this show yeah. came out we're talking weeks after 9-11 and Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. the show actually got delayed, at least from my memory. I remember it was supposed to debut earlier and they delayed it because of 9-11. Do you remember Mm -hmm. what type of impact that had on the show? Like when this happened and, you know, the the show's now being delayed for a couple weeks, like were there worries? Oh, you know what? Maybe this show isn't going to resonate with audiences. It ended up going the exact opposite direction. People flocked to this show almost as a direct result of 9-11. If my memory is correct, I think there was just really one scene that was uh, that I I don't know if it ended if it if it even ended up on the show. There was a, a scene on a plane. Um, mm-hmm. did, did it end up on the show? They, I don't remember. It did, but it if did. we rewatched it yet recently, but like they cut that thing to pieces, so okay. it's almost like what is going on here? Yeah, right. So I think that was the main. It, it, for, if I remember correctly, that was the the main concern was that scene. Mm-hmm. We were trying to shoot on nine eleven. It was mm-hmm. um, oh, really, yeah. It, that's I mean, that's how I found out about nine eleven. I didn't know um, what had happened, and I, I all I knew is because I had an early call, and all I knew is that there's a lot of traffic uh, headed to the show. Uh, that day and I hadn't, you know, turned on the news, watched TV or anything. I just got ready to go in. And I was a few minutes late because the, for some reason there was just enormous amount of traffic, even for LA during commute mm-hmm. time. And I, I remember just um, getting out of my car and going, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm late. I'm sorry. I'm late. And um, one of our PAs, um, Samantha just goes, that's okay. We know what happened in New York. And I went, mm-hmm. 
what happened in New York? I had wow. no idea. And then the, so I think someone told someone told me, and I was like, and it still didn't register. And I was like, what? And then we went to the makeup trailer where they were showing the footage over and over and over again. So we're all like crying, and then we got to go shoot. And mm-hmm. I'm like, and they're trying to fix my makeup, and it's just like, and we start to shoot, and then, um, you know. I think someone just said, okay, we can't do this. We're going to just stop for the day. And yeah. Um, yeah, that's what it was like. Yeah. Wow. Now, I mean, this obviously wasn't like the, uh, the only thing people would recognize you from at the time. I mean, there's actually one project you did a few years before this that I'm, I'm really curious to ask you about because okay. it's also something that on a completely different scale had like a massive impact. Uh, I realized this until maybe about an hour before we did this interview, you were in dangerous minds. And I can remember... <laughs> The mid '90s, like this thing was a phenomenon. I mean, it was it exploded. Yeah. The movie, the soundtrack, the song, and everything. I mean, can, can yeah. you just sort of remind people, remind me too, who you played in Dangerous Minds and what that movie was like? Uh, yeah, I played a, a character called Josie. Um, I it, but it, I actually just talked about this on another um, interview <laughs> that I did, but um, uh, yeah, I I had a I I, I didn't have a big part. Um, what happened was that with that is that um, they sort of told us that, you know, they, they got all these, all these kids together. And uh, so, you know, they flew us all out to LA. Some, some of them were already from, from LA, but you know, they told us, okay, it's going to be up to you guys how big your part is in this. Okay. Because yeah, they would write the scenes from whatever the kids did in rehearsal. Oh, and, really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I really, you know, I had already done stuff. I was more, I was coming more from like a, can I have a script kind of mentality, mm-hmm. you know? And I felt, I, I felt actually kind of intimidated by the fact that all these other kids were so brave and so talented in other ways, you know, and they were just taking over all the improv slash rehearsal sessions um, that we had. And not in a bad way, they were just, Mm -hmm. you know, had more courage. And so, um, so I ended up just like with a few lines, like in the back, like, okay, (laughs) you know, because I was more like, I really wanted a script. That's really mm-hmm. what I wanted. And that, that, that wasn't really the way that they were working. So that's, but, um, but it was, it was a great experience. I had a great time doing it. Did you own the soundtrack? I'm thinking everybody who's alive at the time owned the soundtrack. Uh, I don't think I, I own that song. I, the that's just Kansas that one Paradise, song yeah. that I remember. Yeah. I that's love the that only song one people so remember, much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. And the fact that, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer was in the video and that was really special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, now, recently, uh, I guess people are going to recognize you more for uh, a- another massive show that just you know came to I guess the conclusion. Orange is the New Black, uh, oh, and you were on that show yes. for w- w- an entire season, I believe, weren't you? Was it the last? Yeah, season? the final, the fi- the final season. Yes. Mm-hmm. So twenty four, the first season, and then Orange <laughs> the the uh, you get to kick it off season. and then bookend these massive shows. But spoiler alert: similar fate. <laughs> like, I don't know why. Why do they? No, but, I have people. <laughs> did you have an accent? I guess that's the other yeah, big question. I did, have, I did. I had a very strong accent. I did do a, a Salvadorian accent. Um, but I remember. Um, I don't know who it was, but somebody said to me, "Why didn't? Why do they keep dying? Like everything you do, they just keep dying. They just keep killing you." 
was like, I don't know. Um, but you're like Sean Bean of television, right? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, that was a uh, very near and dear to my heart. That mm. that character and and that role, and I I learned a lot from her. And um, her, her name was uh, Carla Cordova, and but again. It was a kind of a similar thing where I didn't know where the story was headed mm-hmm. until like week to week. And, you know, in, in, in the final uh, episode where, you know, she's pretty much, you know, her fate is kind of sealed that she's going to die. Um, I didn't find out. And yeah, I, I didn't even I, I, let's put it this way. I went to the fitting and I found out at the fitting. <laughs> so like, even later than 24 no prep yeah exactly it was like well no not the fitting that day but it was um it's but in a way it's it's kind of fun to do these things where you're just like you don't know what's gonna happen so that when you're when you get the script and you're like oh okay i don't know let's see and it's mm-hmm. that that's a fun ride in itself yeah now, now, as the opposite of 24, where you come in and you have no idea what the show is going to become and it becomes this phenomenon. I mean, Orange of the New Black already is a phenomenon. Were you a fan of the show when you got cast? Um, I was I, I was a fan of the show, but I'm going to be honest and say I, I hadn't really watched it. I'm oh, not, yeah. a, but, but I'm not, I know, but I'm not a big TV person. Mm-hmm. There's so much that I, I haven't really kept up with television since like Lost. Oh yeah, <laughs> another Which show we cover know. on here. Maybe yeah, okay. you weren't on it, but you can come on just to talk Lost with us. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I didn't even watch Lost. Oh I've really? Never seen Lost. There's so many uh, Grey's Anatomy, Law, like Game of Thrones. Like I'm just, I just, I don't know. I'm not like a, I guess a, a TV person in that way. So it wasn't personal that I hadn't mm-hmm. seen the show, um, but. Once I finished filming, um, again, I went back and then I did I did watch everything. And I thought, yeah. I'm glad I didn't see it because I would have been more intimidated going on. Yeah, there. well, that's what I wonder. Yeah. I mean, if, if you are going into a show so close to the end that is this massive thing, it, would you just be kind of like a, a, a huge fan and a little giddy on the set and all? I mean, it's it's got to be easier to not know the success of something when you go in. Yeah, I mean, I knew the success of the show, but I didn't... Um, I didn't know, like, I didn't know, oh, this person has done this whole storyline. Yeah. Like, I didn't know. Um, and again, nothing against the show. I, there's most shows I haven't seen. Let's just put it that way. Do you have any other big projects coming out soon that you're working on? You know, not honestly, not right now. Um, you know, pandemic is, I guess, yeah. hit hard. For- yeah, but. You know, some people like I see them on social media and they and they're working and stuff, and I'm like, okay, I don't. <laughs> we'll see when that's gonna when that's gonna happen. It's um, yeah, I I I imagine the pandemic has affected it. Um, but yeah, right now I'm just like, all right, we'll just wait and see. Mm-hmm. Now, we've asked this to every single person we've had on the show, and uh, I, I believe the majority of them have had something they've been able to tell us. Usually it's a crazy story, but you know, don't feel the need to top anybody here. But uh, okay. any memories of Kiefer Sutherland, like some some uh, fun stories about interacting with him, hanging out with him off the set is what we get quite often? Well, we did hang out off the set. I mean, not privately, but with, you know, just sort of like parties and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I just, I just remember him always being so 
like so nice, you know, just mm-hmm. ge- just gentle and uh, and attentive. Uh, and um, I, okay, I, I don't know, I don't know if this is. I guess it's sort of a Kiefer Sutherland story, but so there was a guy that I had a crush on on the set and um, I don't know how this happened, but I invited the guy to a, um, a, and he, he wasn't an actor. Um, he was on the crew and uh, I was about to I, guess like Carlos Bernard, Xander Berkeley. <laughs> He was on the crew, and I remember inviting inviting him to a um, just a get together that some friends of ours were having, and Kiefer lent him his Porsche. What? Yeah, yeah. You may so, have won this competition, by the no. way. Keep the Sutherland stories. Really? Continue. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so he comes over. The should I say his name? Beginner. <laughs> I'm sure he's a big fan of the Oz Network. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he was this very sweet guy. Um, His name was Sterling, and he worked on the crew, and he was just adorable. And so, so, so he shows up, and no, I know what it was. I went to do some kind of real quick errand or something by, you know, just to buy something at a gas station or whatever. And then I come back, and I see this Porsche in the driveway. And I come in and I'm like, what, you know, like, what's the deal with that Porsche? And Sterling's like, oh yeah, Kiefer lent it to me. And I'm like, <laughs> what? And then, so then my friends are like, oh, he must really like you because he probably, you know, told Kiefer and Kiefer's like, oh, here's how you can impress her. And like, I don't know, <laughs> they, they made up this whole story around it, which may not have had anything to do with me. I don't know, you know, but it was... um. It was pretty surreal. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, I don't no, know. That, that's that's my story. new favorite. That's my new favorite Kiefer story we've gotten really? so far. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Good. Good. I'm glad I was able to remember it and, and tell you. <laughs> uh, it, it's been fantastic having you on here. You know, talking to anybody from 24 is great, especially when it's somebody who's there from the beginning. Uh, if you want to let everybody know, you know, how can they follow you online? Uh, Twitter, Instagram, anything like that. Yeah, sure. My, um, and it's been great talking to you too. Um, thank you for your great questions and, um, really, really, really nice and, and emotional to kind of go that, down this memory lane. Very, very special. Um, so yeah, my Instagram is just, um, at Karina Royave, just at my name, just one word. And, um, I think my Twitter is, uh, at Moonchild K2. Mm. Um, yeah, I think those are the, the main ways I, I i do have a youtube channel which you can find just um oh, really? putting in my name yeah <laughs> is it is your demo reel on there with the, the my demo scene? Re- yeah my demo reel is on there and uh i just make these silly videos i do these little dance videos but i also do like these little how-to videos you know um yeah nice <laughs> we'll we'll definitely check it out. We'll we'll Thank recap you. your YouTube videos. Okay. <laughs> Have you on to do some commentary maybe in the future. <laughs> okay. I'd love that. Uh, again, absolute pleasure to have you on, Karina. And, uh, you know, if we put together some type of 24, 20th anniversary thing, we'd love to have you back on in the future. Oh, I would love that. Thank you so much. 
huge thanks to Karina for being with us today. And if you happen to have missed any of the interviews we've done with other cast members, we have a ton out there. A couple of big ones from season one as well, if you're watching along with us on our weekly recaps. Uh, Leslie Hope was one of the more recent ones we did. Plus, we've talked to cast members from future seasons, seasons two, three, and on. And eventually, we're going to get there in the recaps as well. But uh, if you're familiar with those seasons and you just want to tune in and hear about their time on the show, go back and find all those episodes. We have some really exciting cast members that are going to be lined up at some point. I, I won't give an exact date on it. It might be in the coming weeks, might be in the coming months, but there will be more cast members to come uh, for interviews as well. Our weekly recaps continue on. We've already had the first three drop, episodes one, two, and three from season one, and we're going to go all the way through the end of the season and then to season two, three, four. Eventually, you're going to hear us go all the way up to Live Another Day and, and the recent spinoff every single week going forward 24 24 24 thank you for joining us thank you to karina again stay tuned through the end of the episode as you can hear all the places you can follow us as well sign up for our patreon to show you support the show thank you again for joining us my name is colin and Kiefer. let me drive the porsche next thanks for downloading this episode from the oz network make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher google Podcasts, or by copying our rss feed into your preferred podcast provider and while you're there please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback you can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show as well as find out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on facebook twitter and instagram as well as getting everything you need under one roof at the oznetwork.net thanks once again for listening and we'll speak to you next time